I was determined to avoid this. No, no, it ain't that. It ain't that. <clears throat> I was going to avoid the idea of the new, in the new year of doing a message that included 2020 vision in it. Uh, but I caved in, and, and I'm going with the cheesy 2020 vision, uh, at least part of the title, 2020 vision for the new year. So, you know, thousands of churches across the country are doing something with 2020 vision in it, not because we lack creativity, but it just seemed like the thing to do. So, happy 2020, everybody. <laughs> uh, Lord, we now uh, look to this part of the service where we open our hearts to your word. We thank you, Lord, that, that, that you touched many during the worship time today. We're looking that uh, maybe uh, some received great breakthroughs today and, and uh, had things revealed to them as they came forward to pray. We also pray now as we open our hearts to your word that you would continue to speak to us through the message today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've entered a new calendar year, and I know some of you are saying it's a new decade, but I'm one of those diehards that say, we start counting with one. We don't start counting at zero. So this is the last year of the, new de of, of the old decade, not the first year of the new decade, because there was no year zero. Okay, our current calendar didn't start, it's the year zero, this is January of year zero. No, it was January of year one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Decades start with a one at the end, and they end with a zero at the end. And so that's just my position on it. Somebody, so, yeah, so anyway, it's always something. And so... You can start your decade whenever you want. You can start it in 2023 if you want, for all I care. But just if you want to be technical about it, this is the last year of the current decade, not the first year of the next one. Okay. Uh, well, at the start of a new year, it just seems like the opportune time to, to uh, make resolutions. And I've resolved not to make any resolutions this year. <laughs> Uh, but it's, when, it, when we come to a new year, it just seems like an opportune time for a fresh start, maybe to change a, a behavior, change an undesirable trait, to change a, a habit that you want to get rid of, uh, maybe there's a, a personal goal you'd like to accomplish in this new year, or somehow otherwise improve your life. Start of a new year just seems like a good time to uh, start on that journey. Uh, some of you may want to start a new diet or exercise program or go back to school or at least take some online classes. Others may look at the start of the new year to begin or to increase a spiritual discipline, such as scripture reading, journaling, prayer, fasting, tithing, uh, or maybe thinking of volunteering at a certain in a certain department or maybe even a community volunteering. 
Maybe 2019 wasn't a great year for you, and you're hoping the new year will be better. Well, whatever you're planning for or hoping for in 2020, within the will of God, I hope your 2020 vision will be fulfilled. Now, this morning, I just want to share a few basic ideas on how to help you improve your spiritual vision so that your vision for the new year might actually be 2020. I want to just start off by saying as as we want to develop or begin or increase a spiritual discipline, we have to stay in the Word. We have to stay in the Word. It's It's our food, it's our nourishment, it's our guidebook, it's our rule book, it's our, it's just, It's just something that's going to help us see more clearly spiritually. Psalm, Psalm, the first psalm, psalm number one, the first three verses. What a great passage this is about being in the word. And it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now for our application this morning, think of the law of the Lord as the word of God, the Bible. We want to be in there. We want to, we want to read it. We want to meditate upon it. Uh, as we read it, we, we, we just don't read it just to get through it, but we read it with the hope that the Lord is going to reveal something to us, is going to speak to us about something. We read it, and we think about what we've read, and then we think about it some more. That's what it means to meditate on it. Meditate on the Word of God. So as we, as we read a passage and it kind of tweaks our heart, maybe we stop and we read it again. And we read it again. Then we think about it. And then we read it again. This is what it is to meditate upon the Word. And we want to meditate upon the Word of God. And there's just, just so much, so much rich, so much food there for us. The psalm tells us that it would lead us to a fruitful and prosperous life. The struggles, the fights that we deal with. I believe so many of those could be eliminated or better dealt with if we were in the word meditated, meditating upon his word because we will be like uh, uh, a fruitful tree planted by the waters. And our leaf isn't going to wither. Sometimes our life feels like it's just withering up, like we're dying. But if we're in the word, our leaf will not wither. Our life will not shrink and wither away. Be in the word. Stay in the word this this new year. 
1 Timothy 4.8 tells us that godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of life that is now and of that which is, in to, come, which is to come. If we want this godly life, we have to uh, feed on the source of, of godliness. And we, we go to God's word because it's in God's word that he speaks to us. And when God speaks to us, he will lead us to a, a more godly life. And that's profitable. That's profitable uh, for all things. Promises for now and the promises for those that are later. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, as the baton was passed from the leadership of Moses to uh, the leadership of Joshua, the word of the Lord came to Joshua and was, was said to him, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Read it, meditate upon it, and then do it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, it, 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 it takes a bit of discipline, but if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, there's no discipleship without discipline. You see the words are similar, discipline, discipleship. You can't be a disciple without certain disciplines. And one of those disciplines in the Christian life is reading God's word. And so the question to ask yourself is, do I have a reading plan for God's word? Uh, getting up in the morning and doing this is not a reading plan. That's shooting from the hip. That's opening up to uh, easily taking things out of context. You know, this is my word for today. Judas went and hanged himself. Oh, I don't, know, I don't want that. Go thou and do likewise. You see, we get in dangerous spots when we just kind of pick here and pick there and pick there. But I, let me encourage you to come up with a reading plan. Reading plan. Maybe your plan will be a chapter a day. Maybe your plan will be, I want to read the whole Bible this year. You know, if you read the equivalent of about four chapters a day, you can get through the entire Bible in a year. That amounts to, well, I saw the average reader, if you spend nine minutes a day, you should be able to get through the Bible in a year. Nine minutes. It's not a lot of time. But it does take a discipline. And maybe, maybe what works for you is having a, a uh, one-year Bible where the, the portions of the scripture are broken down to help you get through your reading in a year. So I would, I would encourage you to maybe, uh, it's still early, so this is day five. The 12th day of Christmas, so the 12th and last day of Christmas is uh, get a, a plan now if you have a bible app on your phone uh, there may be a reading uh, plan on that that uh, that app 
uh, online. I did, I did post some, uh, I, I did post a link on, on the Lighthouse group of, of reading plans and you know there's so many if you just Google Bible reading plan you can print that out you can keep it in your Bible and you'll have, be, have a schedule so let me encourage you it, it helps you develop a discipline. I'm, I've been using a plan the last few years that brings me through the Old Testament once and the New Testament and Psalms twice in a year. So that's what I found that works for me. But it's already in a book where I just read, I read two sections in the morning and two sections in the evening. And keeping on that schedule, I can get through the whole Old Testament once, New Testament Psalms twice in a year. And that's what I found works for me. Maybe you'll find something that works for you, but find a plan and develop a discipline to stick to it where we can read God's word, meditate upon God's word, and then apply God's word to our life. So uh, let me encourage you to do that. There's still time to catch up. Five days, that's not a lot of uh, time to make up you can you can do it you can catch up you can spread that out over a few days to catch up and then you'll be be on track and uh, and so following a plan helps you develop a, a, a discipline to, to stick with it so stay in the word if you want to have 2020 vision for the new year if you want to improve your spiritual vision for this new year get in the word stay in the word uh, Secondly, seek the Lord. Be a person of prayer. And I, I, I like to remind people that the purpose of prayer is not to get stuff from God, although we, we are encouraged in Scripture to make our needs known and to bring our needs before God. And, and we do that but the main thing of prayer is not to get stuff from God, but to make us more Christ-like. To be molded and shaped into the image of Christ. And that happens as we surrender to God in prayer. That's the, the primary goal of prayer, is to become more like Christ. But we, we want to seek the Lord. Uh, Jesus, speaking in the... Uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, which is in my reading for tomorrow. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All these things are the needs of life. We worry about this, worry about that, worry about so many things. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. They'll be taken care of. They'll be dealt with. So rather than dealing with that, deal with seeking God, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. What is the kingdom? The kingdom simply is the lordship and kingship of Jesus in your life. We want to seek the kingdom. What we're seeking is to be, to, to surrender to the lordship of the Lord in every area of our life. It isn't a place, the kingdom isn't a place as such, 
But the kingdom is an attitude of the heart where God is on the throne of every area of our life. Kingdom of God is within. It's applying the principles of God's kingdom to how we live. And we aren't to wait until we die to begin living the kingdom. The kingdom begins now. The lordship of Jesus begins now. When we come to the Lord and we confess our sins, we repent of our sins, and we say, you are the Lord of my life, that's when the kingdom begins for us. And so we, we have kind of a responsibility as followers of the Lord Jesus is to live out the kingdom principles now. Not in the sweet by and by, but here and now. The kingdom is for us to live now. It will be fulfilled later, but we are called to live kingdom principles now. So live kingdom principles now. Apply the principles of God's kingdom to how you live. Again, the kingdom is where the king rules and reigns. That's where the kingdom is. The kingdom rules and reigns in our life. That's where the king rules. That's where the kingdom is. Live it out. Live it out. His righteousness. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Desiring his righteousness and holiness in our lives. Wanting to do our own thing is not seeking his righteousness. That's seeking our own thing. Seeking his righteousness is desiring what he has for us. The righteousness, the holiness of Christ in our lives. We are to seek these things first. These are to be our priority. We are to earnestly long for these things and strive after them. After what? After the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That should be the focus of our day. We get up in the morning. Our day should be dedicated to seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to living out the principles of God's kingdom. Not for special occasions, unless you look at every day as a special occasion, a special opportunity to live for God today. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Be a person of prayer. 2 Chronicles 31, verses 20 and 21 says, Thus Hezekiah did throughout Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandments to seek God, he did it with all his heart. 
and so he prospered. It's a great, great passage. Whatever he was setting out to do in the service, in the house of God, in the law and in the commandment, to seek God, he did it with all his heart. We just kind of too often do things half-heartedly. Half-heartedly. But we are called to be like, like a Hezekiah who did it with all his heart. And then the result of that, it's not that we do this to have this result. The result just simply follows. Because I sought God with all my heart, I prosper. It's like when you plant something, it just, by law of nature, produces a result. And when we plant the desire to give God our best and to seek him with all our heart, the result is a prosperous life. It doesn't mean a rich life. It just means whatever we do is going to work. And if it doesn't work, it means, yeah, maybe God wasn't in this. And if God wasn't in it, you don't want it to work anyway. Psalm 63.1, which is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Sometimes life is dry. And we go to God and say, I need those streams of living water that only you can give me because I'm feeling dry. And when we seek him, and David said, early will I seek you. Why? Because my soul is thirsty. My flesh is longing for you, God. It's like I'm a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You are. You are the water, Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me half-heartedly. No, when you search for me with all your heart. You search me with all your heart. Psalm 119, verse 2, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, <laughs> who seek him with the whole heart. So, we want to have this clear vision, spiritual vision in this new year. We must stay in the word and we must seek the Lord. But then we must also trust the Lord. Trust him. <coughs> Some of you, your favorite uh, 
passage, maybe your life verse. This has been my life verse from when I first got saved. It's at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. That encourages us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. When will our paths be directed by him? When we trust him with all our hearts. When we don't lean on our own understanding, but we trust in him. If we want to improve our spiritual vision, we must trust in the Lord so that we can see beyond ourselves to what he has for us. See, we live in this little world called self, but we got to think out of, outside of ourself to what the Lord wants to do and work in us and through us. And I posted the other day, God won't do a new thing through us until we let him do a new thing in us. And so God, work in us a new thing so that we can do new things for you and for your kingdom. As we stay in the word, as we seek the Lord, his kingdom, and his righteousness, we position ourselves to better trust him. How do I just trust the Lord? How do I trust the Lord more? It starts with staying in the word, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And when we do that, it'll help us to more easily or better trust him. When we do this, we'll be able to do what Jesus said in the verse right after he said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that is to not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Let tomorrow be tomorrow. Today, seek the kingdom, seek his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. When we're trusting, we're not worrying. Amen. Think about that. Amen. I'm so worried about this, that, and the other thing. I can tend to worry. Maybe it's just a sign that I'm not trusting as much as I could. So when we are trusting God with our whole heart, there's no room in the heart for worrying. Our understanding of things often isn't in line with the Lord's ways because as the Lord says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, 8 and 9 my thoughts, this is the Lord speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, think about that, so in the same way that the heavens are way up here, and the earth is way down here, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We often think, and often it is the case, that we're in line with God's thoughts. 
But so much of the time, our thoughts are not in line with God's thoughts because his thoughts are high and our thoughts are low. So much of the time. When we trust him and acknowledge him in all things, he directs our paths. Psalm 37, 3 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Dwell in the land, let's just say, live your life. Trust in the Lord and do good. Live your life and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. We talked about this a couple of Wednesday nights ago. That when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he becomes the desire of our heart. And he promises to give us the desire of our heart when he is our delight. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will bring it to pass. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. But that doesn't happen if we're not trusting him. So we trust him. We commit our ways to him. We delight ourselves in him. We live our life uh, feeding on his faithfulness. So trust in the Lord. Stay in the word. Seek the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And the final thing is keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When we focus on him, we tend to see everything more clearly. Normally we see clearly the thing that we're focused on. You know, this drumstick tip. If I'm focused on that, you're all a blur. But the thing is, is if we are focused on the Lord, everything becomes clear. You know, funny how that works. But when we're focused on Jesus, everything becomes more clear to us. He is our goal. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In this race we call the Christian life, Jesus is our goal. Stay focused on him. When we stop or slow down to look back, we may find ourselves picking ourselves up off the track because we got tripped up because we took our eyes off the goal. Keep your eyes on the goal. Our goal is Jesus. Stay focused on him. 
He is our goal. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He's saying, I haven't arrived yet. I'm the Apostle Paul. I, I haven't arrived. I do not consider myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, I forget about those things that are behind. Get things behind you in life, leave them behind you. There's nothing there for you. Leave the past in the past. Reaching forward to the things which are ahead. So we forget the past, we reach forward. We continue to reach forward. We don't look back, we don't turn back, we end up turning into a pillar of salt. Leave the past in the past. Focus on what God has for you. Not yesterday, but live in the moment with expectancy of what God's going to do in us and through us tomorrow. So he says, I do not, I forget those things which are behind, reaching forward to the things which are ahead, and I press toward the goal. Keep pressing towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want the prize. I want the prize. So I'm staying in the race. I'm staying focused on the goal. I'm moving forward. I'm not looking back. I continue to progress. I go forward, forward, forward. Because there's a prize waiting for me. Enter the race for the prize. But enjoy the race while you're running it. In the story of Peter walking on the water, we see that we sink when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Matthew chapter 14. And Peter answered Jesus as Jesus was coming walking on the water out to the boat. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down from the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink. See, took his eyes off Jesus. He began to looking at the circumstances around him. He began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You were already walking on the water, but you looked at the circumstances, and the circumstances caused you to doubt and caused you to sink. So when we are tempted, when we are sick, when we are discouraged, when we are under pressure and overstressed, when we have family concerns, when we have unemployment or employment, could be unemployment or employment problems, when we're persecuted or going through uh, things that are wrong or going through things that are right even at times, when we're facing what seems to be impossible circumstances, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. So as we enter this new year, may your spiritual vision be focused And may it be clear, 
and the other areas of your life will fall into place as a result of seeing things more clearly. Now, as we come forward for the Lord's Supper, we can have the worship team come on up. As we come forward for the Lord's Supper, and as we remember his sacrifice, I invite you to use this as an opportunity to renew your commitment to Jesus. Start of a new year, what a great time to renew your commitment. Every day it's a good time to renew your commitment. But we can renew that commitment today. And so for the sake of our, our guests today, uh, we, we practice communion here. You're, you're invited to the table. You don't have to be a member of Lighthouse. Or <clears throat> but we come, we, we take a cup, we take the bread. We just all stand up here until everyone has come through. Then we pray and we partake together. And so you're invited to the Lord's table uh, this morning. But we can 